0: What's going on, F.A. Nation? Welcome back. NASCAR DFS podcast. I'm Dan Malin. I'm joined by the three-time FSWA NASCAR Writer of the Year, Matt Sells. Matt, what did you think of Vegas last week?
1: I thought that was the best Vegas race we've seen in a very long time. Uh, and Jeff Kluck's poll, by the way, bore that out. Over 90% of people said yes. It was a great race. And that's like the third straight race that's gone over 90%. Um, so this car's a hit. And when we see it on the track, it's producing great racing everywhere. Um, You know, guys are able to pass, they're able to drive up through the field without any issue. They're able to go basically wherever they want to. Um, Tires are still a problem. Goodyear's kind of got to figure that out. Um, I don't know if it's sorting out whether they can put an inner liner in the car or make make them a little bit more sturdy. I don't know, but it's kind of it's a storyline every week. So they're they're going to have to check into that a little bit more. But yeah, I thought it was a fantastic
0: race. What do you think of it? Um, so I don't remember too much of it. And that's not to sound like an alcoholic as if I was super drunk on Sunday. It's just I, I always try to spend my Sundays at the bar watching the race, but I I kind of don't do myself the proper justice of I don't get the audio to listen to it too much. And I'm always heavily distracted by other things and sporting events that are on the TV. And plus, on Sunday, I missed the end of the race only because I went and saw the new Batman movie with about 30 laps to go. And so I had to check my phone with about 30 minutes left in the movie. I saw Alex Bowman one. And I was like, oh, that's great. This is going to be one of like Bowman's three or four wins this year. Good for him. I'm sure he deserved it. When I eventually got back to my apartment, Kyle Bush didn't necessarily think that he deserved it. Uh, but hey, when a JGR driver craps on an Alex Bowman win, uh, this is that usually presents an opportunity for Bowman to make some money with some t shirts, uh, including off of me. I bought one and I'm proud of that.
1: Yeah, I uh, I have bought it yet for those that didn't see on Twitter. Um, well, basically going back to what happened so the race. With about three laps to go, Kyle Busch is leading, and Martin Truex Jr. isn't going to catch him because Truex had uh, basically, you know, used up his equipment at that point. Eric Jones's tire blows, and brought out a caution. Oh no! So people pitted, right? Because it's the last few <clears two throat> laps; it's going to go overtime. You want some fresh tires? Well, Kyle Busch decided he wanted four tires. Alex Bowman and Kyle Larson decided they wanted to. So that put Larson and Bowman in the front of the uh, field with two laps. And all they had to do was hold, you know, two tires, two laps. All they had to do was hold people off, which is what happened. Um, So Kyle can be salty all he wants. Uh, A strategy call cost him the win. Had he put two tires on the car, I'm sure that car would have been good enough to hold people off for two laps. Um, But, yeah, so Bowman... You know, Kyle Bush says guy backs into wins all the time. That's all he ever does. He never dominates wins. He just backs into them. So Bowman puts out a shirt <laughs> that just said better lucky than good or something to that <laughs> effect.
0: Uh, and all on the, luck, no talent or something. Yeah, all luck, no <laughs> talent. And
1: then on the back it says backing into wins. <laughs> and then he donated 18% of the proceeds to animal shelters and 18 obviously for Kyle Busch's, uh number. And then Two days later, Kyle Busch responded by lowering his championship t-shirt price in his merch store by 48%, which is obviously Bowman's number. So we have a little bit of a taunt war going on here.
0: Who wants to is... buy a championship shirt that's over two years old?
1: Yeah. And by the way, for <laughs> Kyle Busch fans, uh, Alex Bowman has won five races in the last, uh, since the start of 2021. That means he's won more races than Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin combined since 2021, and he's won more races than just Kyle Bush by himself since 2020. So, you know, the better lucky than good, who cares? Also, I did math, and um, Kyle Bush has led 15% or less of laps in a race uh, 25% of the time of all of his wins. So uh, should we take those wins away from Kyle because he, he didn't dominate? I don't know. Uh, I don't think he would like us to, right? I mean, take wins away from Kyle Bush. I don't think he'd like that. So, I don't know. I like the saltiness. He also said the backup car could be bought at Walmart, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, it should be it should be pretty interesting heading to uh, Phoenix here because not only do we have... For the third week in a row, we've had teammates have to fight each other for the win and have to put moves on each other because... When it was going to end in regulation, it was Kyle Busch against Martin Truex Jr. And when it ended in overtime, it was Bowman against Larson. Obviously, at Auto Club, Chase was salty as hell about Larson not seeing him come to the outside. And at um, Daytona, Austin Sendrick put a block on his Penske teammate, Blaney, for the win. So we'll see if we get teammate
0: battles down at the end of Phoenix because it's been pretty fun to watch that. Well, I think that's a perfectly good segue into uh, just – discussing phoenix obviously you alluded to jeff glucks uh was the race good poll obviously we've had three really good races so far with the new car the tires have been crap they've been a little frustrating um for dfs and for you know the drivers actually trying to make a living out there uh phoenix is completely different it's shorter it's only it's a mile long it's not even your it's not even a solid oval it's not a tri-oval it's it's this weird shaped flat one miler in the middle of the arizona desert that has a really weird dog lid too um what can we expect with the new car obviously the the, the driving strategy is going to be completely different it's not just so much off throttle but it's also on brake for this track as well
1: yeah so i'm very excited about this car at this track phoenix the last few years you know with the even with the 750 horsepower been putting on okay races i would say last year's championship race was probably the better one um of the three or four that we've seen there in this package uh but before the gen six car phoenix was putting on very good entertaining races because you could go a lot of different places there's not a standard line on that track because it's not a standard track um and it's pretty flat too. The the most banking you're gonna see on this one is 12 degrees and it's not even like, that's kind of on the outside groove in half the track. So um, for those that are new to NASCAR, this track has what we call a dog leg on it, which is basically right after the start finish line, right after turn one, it's a very wide turn. And so you can go, it's like, I would say 12 lanes wide. Um, you can, you'll watch guys dive all the way down to the inside wall to cut the corner essentially like you would on a golf course, um, and then head down the quote unquote front stretch into um, you know turns two and three, and then come around to turn four basically. So it's an interesting track, 312 laps. Um, yes, it is a 500. The five 500 is in the uh, name there. That's for kilometers for those that are uninitiated because 312 laps around a mile long track is 312 miles and that happens to equal 500 kilometers um so there you go that's where the number comes from this tends to be a very quick race for dfms uh it tends to not take very long at all
0: um Well, well could that change this week with the tires and maybe more cautions It
1: could. It could. Uh, I expressed this earlier on Twitter earlier this week on Twitter that I am reasonably concerned about these tires and the dog leg because you're coming off of banking onto the flat apron and then going back up onto some, some banking while trying to head down the uh, back, the front stretch there. And usually when we see these tires blow, it's when these guys have gotten down onto the apron and then try to get back up onto um, the turns. So that's a little bit of a concern. The diffuser could be a little bit of a concern, too, coming out the back of the car. You know, as guy's cut down on the um, on the dog leg there. So we could see more cautions here. Um, we saw a bunch last week in Vegas, right? Didn't we see six before the end of the first stage, I think?
0: Um I'll just agree with you, because I mentioned before, I
1: wasn't
0: too privy (laughs) Uh, to that. But a couple
1: of races ago, we saw 12 at Phoenix uh, a few races ago, which obviously includes two for stages, so 10 incident cautions. We could be over that this week, Um, so just be be cautious of that. And obviously, there's nothing we can do, because we don't know whose tires are going to burst and when, but they almost assuredly will.
0: Uh, what's the schedule looking like this week for Phoenix?
1: Um, so for the cup side of things, it's, I believe it's going to be a practice on Saturday and qualifying Saturday. And then the race on Sunday, we're going to have quite a few two day shows here uh, this year. So kind of roughly the same content schedule again, uh, I'll have a betting piece out on Thursday at some point that'll be over at PixWise. Um, and I will update that if need be throughout the weekend based on qualifying or news or, you know, somebody fails inspection or goes to a backup car. Um, track breakdown will be out on Thursday afternoon, uh, trying to find a little bit more interesting data to put in those to kind of compare um, Phoenix to a more similar previous version of the car so we get a better idea of what's what we can expect there um dfs rankings will be out on friday at some point uh updated throughout the weekend and then the bulk of the stuff will come out after qualifying happens on saturday because to be honest it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to do the work twice Um, so we'll put it out saturday afternoon Um, and again it's going to be a little bit you know phoenix so things are going to start a little later on the east coast and we are used to seeing them simply because it's Phoenix and it's the West coast swing. So, uh, that's kind of the schedule. And then example lineups out Sunday, 90 minutes before lock and prize picks will be out Sunday morning. And obviously we'll be in discord all weekend.
0: Cool. Uh, Xfinity, uh, it's a one day show practices at 1130 AM. Eastern time. Uh, that's gotta be like 8:30 or 9:30 out in Arizona uh, qualifying is right after that at 12 o'clock Eastern time. The race is at 4.30. Uh, I will. I have not looked at the slate yet. Prices just came out about four to five hours ago. Uh, it's about 10.30 p.m. Eastern time right now on Wednesday as we're recording this. Um, so I will start the Xfinity playbook Thursday night. I will have it up Saturday morning, maybe Friday night if I finish it and edit it uh and as always practice notes qualifying order um those will be posted in the discord and in the playbook as well as notes in red uh as to drivers that i like uh based on qualifying and practice drivers that i dislike um i may keep the trend going with the example lineups of adding a player that's me- or adding a driver that's not mentioned in the playbook worked out pretty well last week with Joey Gase. um he's not in the race this week but who knows I mean, very well could be Jeffrey Earnhardt this week. I was off him a couple weeks ago for Auto Club. I'm not going to make that same mistake. Uh, He's in this sneaky good team, this Emmerling-Gase team that seems to be pulling off decent runs. Um, So he'll likely make the playbook. Uh, It's kind of weird that I discuss Xfinity and only talk Jeffrey Earnhardt. Uh, But with that said, uh, let's talk drivers for Sunday's cup race. Why don't we just start with Eric Almarolo?
1: Yeah, so if you've been following our stuff the last couple years now, we've been on a trend of Eric Amarola at flat tracks. He just does better at flat tracks. It's something about his driving style. He gets into a rhythm. He hits his braking zones and finds speed. Uh, How much speed? The guy won at New Hampshire last year as an 80-to-1. We can't even say favorite. Just going off at 80-to-1. He won at New Hampshire. Now, it did take three JGR cars having bad days uh, to pull that off, but he still won. Uh, Guy has very good finishes at Phoenix, and uh, he even contended for a win here like three years ago, if I'm not mistaken. He led a bunch of laps and faded late. He's also, by the way, in case anybody hadn't noticed, he's the only driver in the cup field with three top six finishes this year. Uh, he put on another good show at uh, Las Vegas last week after putting on a good show at uh, Auto Club. So, you know, Stuart Haas came in a little bit questionable. They seem to have speed early this early in this season. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to kind of pay attention to where he qualifies, right? Because if he's starting real close to the front, might be a little harder to find value from him. If he's starting too far back, everybody's going to be on him. So, you really want Eric Almirola in, like, the, the teams, 17 the teams. to 21 range, and then people seem to avoid him. Like, oh, he can't He can't bring value. Yeah, he can. Uh, you're fine. So, uh, Eric Almirola is definitely in play this week, and I believe he's, like, in the mid-tier on both sides. So, he's... he's
0: here are my thoughts on Almarola, and I talked about this before we started the podcast, but I want to share my thoughts with our listeners, is that all last year we talked about – we talked him up at almost any short flat track. We talked Yeah, about Richmond, Richmond, New Hampshire, Martinsville a little bit, Martin, yeah, New Hampshire, and obviously. <laughs> and so <clears> – <throat> but at the same time – it's and we weren't the only ones that were necessarily talking about him. Like every tout in the industry, I felt, was talking about Almarola on this style of track. But ownership on on Almirola was still pretty suppressed. I, n- I don't believe I ever saw his ownership exceed 15% in a GPP. And I think if there was ever a year where his ownership would finally spike on a track where he's been historically good at, it would be this year because he's been so good in the car. I think he's the only driver with to start the year with three straight top six finishes at Daytona, at Auto Club, at Vegas. Obviously – Completely different tracks. But people will take that information. They'll see his history on Phoenix. And they'll think this is a guy that's coming in at less than the average price tag on both websites. So I think that this could be the race we finally see Al Morola's ownership spike. And if that's the case, everyone in the Discord, and even you know that I'm an ownership guy. I value ownership and leverage more than I value uh projections for nascar dfs that's just my own personal belief and if that's the case if almarola is if this is finally the almarola short flat check race where he's heavily owned then i might actually be under the field but if we do see him fall into this range where he's starting in a spot where people are skittish and don't want to play them then yeah i'll get back on board but right now it (laughs) and i'm not gonna lie like i've already made the featured image you know, the, the image that appears on the DFS alarm. And he's in it. He's the driver that's featured in the <laughs> NASCAR DFS podcast image. Like I'm not gonna shy away but, from it. But so he's, he's
1: trying to make his strategy come true. Because <laughs> if he
0: puts Almarola out
1: there on a Wednesday, exactly, then people are gonna see him for five <laughs> days. And then he's gonna go see, I told you ownership was gonna be high. <laughs> um Uh, (laughs) plus there's also the fact that he's retiring at the end of the year so you don't have that many more opportunities to play this guy on short flat track because you get two phoenix races two richmond races one new hampshire race um so yeah there's there's that too i mean i'll I'll still be on amarola i don't think like last week it was known that he was the only one with two top 10s he started 20th with 7800 bucks look good in practice and was still played in like 16% in a pretty decent sized GPP. So I'll, I'll take, I'll take that. I mean, And sure. Like and he
0: started 20th, 31st and 38th of the first three races. So like right. the opportunity and the fact that he's finished in the top six in all three of those races with the PD. Sure. It's definitely helped the fantasy value. And so personally, I would like to see him qualify maybe 14th to 17th, because that's 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 like the zone where I think this is where no one will want to play the guy. And we know that he can yeah. at least – we know how good he is on short, flat tracks. He's done pretty well in the in this new car so far. But I think the secret's out. If he's offering PD, people will jump on him. But I'm hoping he isn't offering PD because if he's starting towards the back or outside the top 20 as he he's has – He's going to be the top Exactly. And that's when I might go against the grain and fade him. Yeah. I
1: mean, to give you an idea, he was played at 16% last week. Byron was at 27.5%. So, like, they were both starting in relatively the same spot.
0: Mm -hmm. Byron, 14th. Almarole, 20th. I think people Um, just trusted the green flag speed of Byron more.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, okay, but track history suggested they were basically the same. And practice speed suggested they were basically, they were very similar. So, The fact that it was almost twice as much ownership on Byron is a little interesting. Um, Speaking of Stuart Haas, Kevin Harvick is always in play at Phoenix. I don't care how bad Harvick has looked or how good Harvick has looked. Like, we've been pretty upset. Like, certainly last year we were not happy with Kevin Harvick, right? Guy didn't win a single race last year. Here's the thing though, even though he didn't win a race, he still has eight straight top tens at Phoenix. Like, he still wasn't fast last year. He still wasn't great. Still pulled off top tens at both Phoenix races. Right? So, you know, he had an okay day at Las Vegas. Not great, an okay day. I mean, it seemed like the longer the run went, the better the car. <clears> the problem was they didn't get very many long runs he almost um, came close
0: to 5X value. Like, he had a fine day for DFS.
1: Yeah. So, and I don't think people are paying attention to him still. Like, so, now, it is Phoenix. People are very well aware that, at one point, Harvick won, like, four straight races here. Um, he hasn't won one here in, I think, seven races. But still, eight straight top tens ain't nothing to sneeze at. Um, and his price still isn't all that high, so... He's he's still in play. Um, but I think the guy that's probably going to be the highest owned, no matter where he starts, is Alex Bowman. Go, oh, man,
0: 8,700 on DraftKings. For Harvick? No, for Bowman. Bowman.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so he's coming off a win, right? He's coming off people telling him that he sucks because he didn't dominate, even though a win is a win in the Cup Series, and it doesn't really matter how you get it. This is his home track. He's from Tucson. This his home track. The first time he was here at a cup race, he was on the pole, led 198 to 312 laps. Now he faded late, but led almost 200 laps. And he's been hit and miss here previously. But Bowman has been getting faster in every race this year. If we look at green flag speed this year, Alex Bowman... Let's see here. I got it right here. Now, Daytona doesn't necessarily matter. He was 29th in green flag speed. He was also not on the track all that much at Daytona because he wrecked out reasonably early. Uh, Then he was 11th at Auto Club, and then he was 5th last week uh, at Vegas. And remember, he drove up through the field after getting a speeding penalty or an uncontrolled tire penalty on pit road. He drove up through the field. So he's been getting faster. It's his home track. There's a whole lot of talk about how he doesn't go out there and dominate. So I think he's probably going to be one of the highest played guys this week, if not the highest played guy.
0: All right, let's talk JGR just a little bit before we get into the obvious drivers like Larson, Elliott, Penske. Uh, JGR, last year we talked about how they were historically very good on shorter tracks, Martinsville, Phoenix, New Hampshire – um, now, it was an entirely different package last year, and it was something that they could naturally just set the cars up for. They've had some struggles this year. How likely are you to look at drivers like Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin? Denny Hamlin is a guy that I'm very interested in. Uh, the DFS output through three races so far, he has gone backwards. You know, He wrecked out of Daytona, unfortunate because he was so good there, finished started fourth, finished 15th at Auto Club, started eighth, didn't finish last week's race. This might be a week where I really want to go in on Denny Hamlin because I know JG, he's had a fast car when he has been running on, on, yep. on the green flag. The car has been great. This is a track that I think that they can set up very well. They know it. now. St- now all these teams are still trying to get a feel for the car. I get it. But if he runs clean, I just get the sense that, he will be under owned. The price tag at ten thousand one hundred is kind of an eyesore. If we're just going off of the success of the season, granted, it's only three races. But I'm a leverage guy. I like finding you know the the guys that can dominate a race and they're coming in at low ownership. And for me, Denny Hamlin is is screams as that kind of guy this week.
1: Agreed. Um, the reason he didn't finish last week cause, was because he made a shifting error and blew his transmission. Then there. So, like. You know, you got to keep in mind that these guys have been programmed for forever to do an H-pattern shifter. Now it's a sequential shifter, which means you're just going forward and backward. So, you know, normally when you go from second to third like he was doing, it involves going forward and then shifting to the other side of the H. Doesn't take that in a sequential shifter. So he, you know, and when he got out of the car, he was very pissed at himself. And he had, by green flag speed, the fastest car on the track last week it was the number one car, the, the number one car in green flag speed. So um, he's had success there. Remember a few years ago when he had to win at Phoenix to get into the championship at Homestead. And he put on an absolute clinic in that race. He led a bunch of laps. He won going away. Nobody could really catch him. Um, so, yeah, I think Denny is going to be in play. I think a lot of people are going to be on Kyle cause he should have won last week. And you know, whatnot. Martin Drex Jr. had himself a pretty good redemption week. He had the third fastest car in green flag speed. So I think in all honesty, Christopher bell might be the lower played JGR guy. Cause he also didn't have that great of a run here last year. Um, but his car's getting faster every single week. So, and he never really left the top five last week. If you, you know, if we paid attention to the race, he never really left the <clears throat> top five for all that long. So, I think they're all in place. It's just a matter of where you want to find the leverage.
0: I'm That's kind of saying. with you on bill. Um, I, I hate to you know, be the ownership guy talking about ownership, but you know, he is right around that average price tag for a driver. Um, and I think that, you know, Given the results that he had, I mean, I I was all over uh, him and Reddick for Auto Club. I was looking great through Stage 1. And then Bell couldn't finish the race because he had the overheating issue that Kyle Busch was also experiencing. Um,
1: Which they figured out, by the way.
0: Yeah, and I think this is a week when I kind of want to go back to Bell. Um, Not sure how much exposure I'm going to get to MTJ and Kyle Busch. That might come down to uh, qualifying and, and practice. But Hamlin and Bell are definitely on my radar. But... All right, let's finally, let's just get it out in the open. Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, obviously they've performed well on the last two championship Phoenix races. Uh, What's the read on them? I'm assuming that no matter where they start, just because these are Hendrick cars and they're set up fast between Larson, Elliott, Bowman, Byron, you get exposure to all four without thinking about it.
1: Yeah, probably. Um, I think I'd probably have to think about it a little bit more with Chase simply because he's still coming in at a high price and he still hasn't really looked dominating. Um, He's looked good. I'm not going to say he didn't. Um, But he hasn't looked like the guy that you pay up for that dominates, right? Right. Um, Larson, man, that price is getting – he's $1,000 more than the next closest guy on FanDuel um, at this point. He's not quite that big of a gap on DK. I think he's 600 bucks higher than, I believe, Kyle Busch. Um, so uh, I don't want to say it's going to depend on where Larsen qualifies because it really doesn't matter where Larsen qualifies. <laughs> he makes it to the front of the pack just about all the time, regardless of what happens. Um, Byron? Again, if you want the best deal on Byron, you're going to want him to start in the teens, probably or close to tenth, I guess, so that he theoretically has less position differential um, and shows nice, um, nice speed at practice. But for me, the I hate to be the naysayer on on Chase Elliott, but to me, he hasn't passed the eye test yet. Like he has arguably been the slowest of the Hendrick cars. And and I don't know that it's necessarily borne out by
0: um, green flag speed, but. Are you waiting to get excited about Chase and Tilkota? I mean, that's.
1: <laughs> but um, and by the way, he is, in fact, if you look at green flag speed, he is, in fact, on average, the slowest Hendrick car. Um, he's actually technically on average behind Chris Busher and just in front of Christopher Bell. Um, so, I mean, he did have a top 10 car on Green Flag Speed last week, but, like, you know, I don't know, Larson was eighth, and Byron had the sixth fastest car, and Bowman had the fifth fastest car. So, even at a race where Hendrick didn't technically look all that great, Chase still had the slowest Hendrick car. So... I don't know. He's going to have to pass the eye test for me before I pay those prices for him.
0: Uh, Moving on to Team Penske, has Ryan Blaney passed that eyeball test for you through three races?
1: Yeah! I mean, he was fast last week and then got caught up in somebody else's stuff. Like, always seems to happen with him. (laughs)
0: True. Um, Brad
1: Kay is trying to wreck out all of the field every flippin' week. Um, It's kind of ridiculous. Um, So... Yeah, I don't have a problem with Blaney. Blaney has a history of leading laps here and looking very good doing it. Um, Logano's in play here. I don't remember Cindric's record.
0: Cindric has a pretty good record here in Xfinity.
1: I mean, obviously he got beat here last
0: fall by... Uh, Yeah, but he also won there in 2020. Yeah, I
1: mean, right. And it was, like, barely beat by him. Like, Hemrick pulled off a move in the last turn that he had to pull off to win it.
0: Because he's so good. And, you know, Sendrick works. Do you you want Cindric's last three Phoenix races? I'm sure he
1: won all three of them and led, like, 70% of
0: the laps. (laughs) All right. Last fall, he obviously finished second to Hemrick, but he led 113 laps. Uh, A year ago, March 2021, he won and led 119 laps. Fall of 2020, he led 72 laps and won. Uh, he never finished outside worse than, than well, he had one finish of uh, 16th in his first uh, race at Phoenix. Other than that, he had seven finishes in the top eight, with three in the top two, including two wins and plenty of laps led. Okay. Obviously, different car, different, different series entirely. But I have, I have, I have not necessarily gone over. With my exposure to Austin Cindrick, and there have been times this year where I've kind of regretted it because I feel like he's running in the top 10 or top 5, uh, more than I would have liked to have seen. But this is a track that he's historically done well at. I do like what I've seen from him in the new car. Um, and he's below 8K. I could I could play him here. I think he would be a good pivot if ownership is going to be high on Eric Almarola this week. So that's a good question. Who... Between the two of them, who
1: who do we think gets higher ownership? Now, Cindric is coming off, off arguably his worst race in the Cup Series to this point. Uh, the slowest car by Green Flag Speed to this point. Um, but clearly it's a track that he's done extraordinarily well at. Um, and Almarola has a very good history at this type of track too, so... I'm curious to see who has which of those two have has higher uh, roster percentage.
0: Well, if I was just to like put it in a vacuum right now, I'm probably going to want more shares of Almirola in cash games and more share and be heavier on Cedric and GBPs. Yeah, that's probably where I'm going to. It's easy to say that right now because we don't we know the right. track history and everything. We know how they've looked in the car. Obviously, this is going to be an entirely different setup for Phoenix. Um, and we don't know the qualifying order or how the cars look at practice. Um, right. If one of
1: them starting like twenty spots behind the other one, then clearly that one's going to have more. Yeah. More, you know, roster. Right. Now, one guy we haven't talked about at all, even though he flat out dominated at Vegas, is Ross Chastain. Like, do we think that that's repeatable? That he could be that fast again,
0: two weeks in a row? I mean. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be this situation where track house is clearly good. They can set up the cars. They're they're not going to be, I'm, I'm buying into track house mostly because I I like how their headquarters look. I think they have a, I think they have the best team logo in all of NASCAR. I think it's, we're going to go through the season with track house and it's going to kind of like alternate between Chastain and Suarez. Like, I don't think they'll ever have like two great cars in the race. I think one of those guys We'll have, like, a top 10, maybe a top five day. And then we're just going to be talking about, oh, man, I wish I had more exposure to Chastain or Suarez because these guys are looking like slate breakers.
1: Yeah, and to be fair to Chastain, he's had a better finish in each of the last four Phoenix races that he's that he's run. And if you go back four races, he finished 28th. Then he finished 23rd. Then he finished 19th. And then last fall, he finished 14th. Mm-hmm. Though so he's got two top 20s and a top 15 in the last seven races here, and he's gotten better each time. And those track house cars, man, they look fast. Like, Suarez was quick at Auto Club, too. Like, it's not just a one-week fluke. Like, they've been, they've been fast, and, you know, we talk about this new car leveling the playing field. Well, here's a crazy stat they said on Fox. Through three races... This season, there have been 25, there are 25 different drivers that have a top 10 finish. That's the most since three races since like 1973. So it's pretty nuts. I mean, you had, at one point, there were eight different teams inside the top 10 late in last week's Vegas race. Now, when it finished, there was like five teams in the top 10, but still, it's, you know, track house can certainly compete based on what we saw from Chastain. So if he's quick again, I would not expect him to come at the bargain that he was (laughs) last week when nobody played him. Basically nobody. I mean, more people played Corey LaJoy in a big GPP than Ross Chastain.
0: All right. Uh, How do you feel about Kurt Busch this week? I have personally liked what I've seen from 23XI. Well, mostly Kurt Busch's car yeah um it's not that Bubba's been terrible it's just you know we most only really look at Bubba at super speedways but yeah by the way
1: nice job not actually killing Eric Jones last week by Bubba Wallace uh you missed this because you missed the end of the race but Eric Jones spun out and came right into the middle of the the uh racetrack and Bubba took evasive maneuvers otherwise he was going to hit eric jones right on the driver's side at full speed and then bubba almost hit the pace car that was coming out as the caution had come out so none of this was bubba's fault i'm just saying good evasive driving from bubba to not actually hit the pace car or <clears throat> eric jones either one he
0: would have hit at full speed uh pre qualifying prices we have kurt bush at 8900 um i don't really have his track history pulled up um has he been good at phoenix personally I've just liked what I've seen from speed out of the car.
1: Yeah, I mean he's finished like between. I mean there. Okay, so in the last eight races, he's finished tenth, thirty-second, seventh, eleventh, sixth, twelfth, fifteenth, and sixteenth. So aside from crashing out in that one race, pretty dang consistent. Basically between seventh and sixteenth. Um, the speed's been there. Um, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be dependent on where he qualifies, right? Like, I, I'm still in the <clears> mode with Kurt Busch that I would like him to be able to move up some because I still don't see him as a dominator who's going to go out there and lead a bunch of laps like he did at Atlanta 2 last year. Um. So, but obviously with PD comes a higher ownership. So I don't need him starting all the way in the back like we saw at Vegas last week. I would personally like to see him again, somewhere in the mid teens would be nice to keep his ownership low and still give him a shot at finishing inside the top 10, which again at the price tag is just about all we need from him. So, all right,
0: I have a very interesting driver we can talk about. Okay. AJ Allmendinger. He's, we've seen these college cars come out very fast. Yes. You noted a week ago, how Justin Haley looks like he's been in a rocket the last couple of weeks. Now, You know, Daniel Hemmerich's not going to be in the caller car this Sunday. It will be A.J. Allmendinger. He has by far more cup experience than Hemmerich. Um, At the cup level, you know, we haven't seen Allmendinger race at the cup level at Phoenix since 2018. His last race here, he started 24th. He finished 12th. A lot of his results and everything, they you know, he's got a couple top 20s, a couple top 10s when he was with Richard Petty over a decade ago. Uh, last year, he started 12th, finished 14th, grabbed a top five a year ago in this race. Um, and the 14th place finish was in the fall race in the championship. Uh, what can we expect from Almendinger? I mean, the track history doesn't really stand out. And I am a little worried that this is this his first like real race. Yeah, this is going to be his first real race in the new car. He did run the Bush Clash at the Coliseum, got a top 10. Um are there any concerns about him in the new car? I know he's going to get practice and qualifying, but damn, this is a really nice price tag for Almondinger.
1: Um, I don't have that much concern about playing Almondinger this week, to be honest. Um, you know, he's a former open wheel guy, so he's kind of used to having less overall grip in the car and the driving style that this new car brings. Um, in, you know, to be honest, I haven't had a problem with any of the college cars this this year. Like, Justin Haley's been good. Hemrick's been good, shown good speed. Um, so, yeah, I you know, that car that Hemrick's been in has consistently been around the top 10 in speed the last two weeks. So they know what they're doing to set it up. Allmendinger's got a pretty reasonable history here. He's also a guy who's good with tire wear, mm-hmm. um, and in a season where tires have been an issue, preserving tires and knowing how to make speed on late, t- you know, late runs, and knowing how to be the guy that survives the attrition—that's that's, that's a pretty good skill set that Almondinger's got too. Um, so yeah, I. Look, I like him, again, not to beat a dead horse here, but it's going to depend on where he qualifies at these price tags.
0: That, um, quality, that can apply to, like, a lot of the drivers in the field, though. So it's right. kind of just a but blanket in, statement.
1: Right. But in general, I I like and Dinger quite a bit this
0: week. All right. We're dipping into the – let's. I mean, we've already gone kind of long with the podcast. We're currently like, over 40 minutes. Um, <clears throat> we started 7,000 on DK with Ricky Stenhouse, Jr., Drivers below him are Chase Briscoe, Chris Buescher, Daniel Suarez, Bubba Wallace, Cole Custer, Justin Haley, Ty Dillon, Harrison Burton, Landon Castle. And that's a pass for me. Uh, Corey LaJoy coming off the top 15 last week, but also Todd Gilliland is under 5K, which seems a little crazy because uh, that's like back marker price tag. And he's in far better equipment than the likes of... Maybe Corey LaJoy, probably Landon Castle, Smithley, McLeod, Where? Um, who do you like in this range that's just under 7 k as a good value option right off the top of your head?
1: I mean, McLeod has been very good at surviving attrition, right? Like, as much as we dog
0: on him... I was not expecting you to talk about BJ McLeod.
1: <laughs> I mean, as much as we dog on him, like, the dude the last two weeks has started in the 30s and finished in the 20s, and... To be honest with Daytona, he also finished in the 20s. So it's three straight 20, you know, finishes in the 20s, which isn't sexy, but then again, he's never been over 5,000 this year. So like what okay. are we complaining about here? Fair. Um, you know, obviously the only time you're going to put him in the lineup is if you're trying to get another dude over 9,000, right? If we're talking about legitimate options here, I mean, Corey LaJoy kind of impressed me last week with you know going from not knowing how to drive a car to knowing how to drive it well enough to finish inside the top 20. Phoenix hasn't always been his best track. Uh,
0: I think if there's ever a week to listen to Stacking Pennies, it might be this week because he's got to be ecstatic about, a top, about the top 15 finish for a small team.
1: Yeah, he's also, by the way, got Alex Bowman on there who talks about what Kyle Busch's uh, comments uh, may or may not have meant to him. Um, McDowell look, he's been decent enough at at Phoenix. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, this is also McDowell's home track. Um, I believe I that he's he was from Texas. I believe that he's from Arizona. Um, let me double check. I'm looking this I have No, he's
0: from Phoenix. Good call.
1: Um, so, you know, there's another little hometown guy kind of narrative there. If we want to talk, you know, if we want to go there, he's been decent enough here, to be honest. I mean, in the last eight races, he's got, you know, 32nd, 16th, 36th, 30th, 16th, 23rd, 23rd, and 24th. So he's got a couple of top 20s. If he can keep it clean, he's going to finish in the top 25. So if he's starting pretty far back, then you've got some decent PD. Um, It hasn't looked great to start this year, to be honest, though. So, it's one thing to keep in mind.
0: All right, as far as bankroll management, uh, do you think this is a decent week to play cash games, or or are we still going kind of light with GPPs? I've been going much lighter with GPPs to start the year. Obviously, when Daytona is my most profitable race at the Cup Series, that's kind of a weird start to the season. Um, Have I had the best read? On the Cup Series, probably not. I was looking great through one stage of Auto Club, and then it's kind of been downhill ever since. Um, I still love playing trucks and Xfinity, but you know, can we start playing a little bit more, or does the new track with the new car kind of just limit us to the happy hour? And maybe some lower cost single entries for you know the people that don't have as much to play as like the sharks team in the industry.
1: I mean, I'm I'm always gonna you know. Let you know that you should obviously play within your means, right? We're not going to clear out bankrolls um, every week to go nuts, right? That's that's just a that's just a way to donate to everybody who's playing against you, um, as I did last week. Um, so you know, in terms of which contest I'm entering. I think it's fine for cash and GPP this week. Um, I, you know, the tire issue is going to be a thing, but it's going to be a thing every week. Yeah, right. So if we if we approach it with the same strategies as we normally do for cash and GPP, which is, you take the consistent guys here, you take the guys that, um, you know, consistently have shown that no matter what the car is, no matter what the condition of the track is, they can still produce. Uh, you know, I think, for all intents and purposes, that that's fine for a cash lineup for GPPs. Some of the guys that you heard us talk about, who had you know kind of spotty track records, but have shown fast speed here this week, um, or the guys who are starting a little close to the front that you don't normally see up there, those are the guys we're putting in GPPs this week. Um, you know, the other thing to keep in mind is that if I'm not mistaken, next week is is, is Atlanta, correct? Yeah. Um, Which got repaved. It got reconfigured. And they're using the same package at Atlanta that they use at Daytona and Talladega for the cup cards. So, in terms of that, if you're expecting next week to be chaotic and like what we see at Daytona and Talladega, you know, you could play a little bit more this week than, you know, what we normally would bank on for Atlanta. That's another way to think of it.
0: Uh, one last note from me. The uh, weekly uh, FA Nation family uh, NASCAR DFS bot, uh, contest on DraftKings is open. $1 entry fee. Uh, I set the field to 20 entries last week. It got 19. Uh, I figured by mentioning it on the podcast, as well as getting the contest up earlier, it might field a larger uh, pool. So I increased the field size to 25 so far i'm the only one that's entered so uh looks like i'll be winning um I, I, I do see that hillbillies won last week kudos to him he put a 330 points and he had a he had eric jones who wrecked out and finished 33rd that's a dominating lineup if jones doesn't wreck
1: yeah that was a spectacular showing i only hope you entered that sucker in more line <laughs> in yep. more contests yeah. And won more than what three bucks, five bucks, whatever it was. For the, for, for uh, he the, turned
0: a solid dollar into eight dollars and 55. Okay, okay,
1: oh. yeah. Let's hope that you would put it into like you know, one some, some legit <laughs> money there. Uh, um, but a
0: link to the contest is uh posted and pinned in the NASCAR DFS Discord. Matt, do you have any last thoughts?
1: No, um. You know, I'm getting really excited about these these race cars. These races have been spectacular. Um, I know that it was it's a very weird week for me last week because I felt like going into it, I had a pretty good week read on the race, and then I put together all of the wrong lineups for me personally. I do know that we had several folks in Discord that were that had pretty good days, um, and I did in fact have four of. The six drivers in the DraftKings optimal lineup in the playbook. Uh, And we mentioned Corey LaJoy as a last minute pivot in Discord. So, for those of you that listen to this, uh, you might want to hop in Discord on Sunday mornings and ask questions and see what we think. And then, you know, stick around until lock because there's always late breaking developments. And, you know, I'm going over everything until lineup lock. So, you might see this is two weeks in a row now that I have you know kind of switched on a driver, you know, when new stuff comes up and it you know Christopher Bell looked great at Auto Club until he didn't. And yeah, that was all that was a Sunday thing.
0: And then like you pushed Corey LaJoy late on Sunday. Right. And I was wound pushing up in Joey the optimal, Gase late on Saturday. Like right. that's why you need to be in the Discord for just up to the minute. Ask right. us questions. Ask why, hey, why is this guy in the example lineups, but he's not in the playbook? Feel free.
1: Right. Like Ty Dillon for me was in the example lineups last week uh, for a GPP on DraftKings and wasn't in the playbook. That'll happen. The example lineups are not meant to be specifically taken from playbooks. They're just meant to show you, okay, if you want these guys, you're going to have to dip lower than you might have wanted, right? Um, so, and I did hear my cash lineup did pretty well. Um I was in the wrong contests for my cash lineup. It did not do as well in those lineups. Um, so, you know, we're off to a solid start, not not a phenomenal start, but that's to be expected with a brand-new car. And, you know, so far, this will be the fourth different-style track in four races this year.
0: Good. Variety is the Daytona
1: is plate, and then Auto Club, they hadn't run on in two years, and it's a two-mile, high-tire wear, shallow intermediate and then las vegas is a fairly standard mile and a half and now you get a one mile flat track and then we're gonna go to a repaved atlanta so we can't even can't take anything that we've previously seen at atlanta in the last 20 years not a damn thing's gonna transfer over
0: it's real shame but uh definitely looking forward to phoenix this week oh yeah dan Uh, won't be in the discord on sunday next week by the way because you're going to the race right Uh, I'll be in the Discord until 12, and then I'm going to drive down to the track. Yeah, there you go. So I might jump into the Discord on my phone, uh, but for the sake of preserving my battery, I can't make any promises. (laughs) Uh, But Matt, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you for the very first Phoenix race of the season, and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation.